Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Organizing Life's Daily Demands. My name is Peter Gordon, and I am the president of New York Financial Organizers. We're, we're daily money managers, and we help people organize their daily financial demands and other services as well. But I like to do this podcast so I can interview people who can help my clients and other listeners with other issues in their life. And today I have a wonderful guest and her name is Dr. Gerda Maisel. And um, I will go by her tagline, Dr. Gerda, the medical Sherpa. And hi, Gerda, how are you? Hey, Peter, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. So let's just go right off the bat. What's a medical Sherpa? <laughs> so I'm a professional patient advocate. And what I do is I help people with complicated medical problems navigate our healthcare maze. That's, uh, that's it's, I like how you say that because um, that word navigate is really important to me. Um, I got into my business because I met a geriatric care manager who helped my parents navigate the difficult waters of geriatric care. That's what I've always said. And, um, and so I mean, I, I love your service. I've referred you uh, a few times. I don't think it's ever really connected, but that's the way life works. Okay, I but appreciate I, that. I know the, the the dire need for for what you do, and um, and I think it's really great. So, um, before we go into the nitty gritty of it, how did you get come about to do what you're doing? Well, by background, Peter, I'm a physical medicine and rehabilitation physician, and I worked clinically for quite a few years, and I got pulled early and often into administration. And then I spent uh, 10, 12 years doing C-suite level work in health systems. So chief medical officer, chief transformation officer, and my last job, I was a medical group president about 500 docs inside of moderate sized health systems. And during the pandemic, I really got tired of the corporate role of some of the things that I was expected to do and decided that I really wanted to both get closer back to New York where my mother is and get back to my roots of helping people directly. I saw so many people uh, often there was a quality complaint or a lawsuit with one of my docs. I saw so many people get frustrated by the communication from the health system, by not knowing who to trust. And I really wanted to relieve the suffering of families and individuals dealing with complicated medical problems. That makes sense. It's a huge, huge need. And, and so what type of things do you do for your clients? Well, it does depend individually with uh, what they need. Often I am the translator. So I'm helping my clients know what matters. So I help them understand some of the, the medical information, but more importantly, I help them know how to ask their doctors questions in a way that the doctor can hear what the family or the patient is trying to ask there's a lot of miscommunication and I yeah, what do you mean by that the doctor can hear what they're trying to ask so many times doctors are listening for key pieces of information and that's not clear to the 
the patient or the family that's answering the question. So I'll give you a small example of that. I had a client who had abdominal abscesses and he was in talking to his surgeon and she said, any nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea. He took that to mean, tell me about your GI system. And he went on to describe the constipation that he was having to her. She interrupted him. He went back to talking about the constipation and the doctor started to move on. She, I watched her disconnect from her engagement with this patient. Now I knew what she was looking for were signs of infection. So I ended up interjecting and saying no fevers, no nausea, no vomiting, no other signs of active infection. And she said, oh, oh okay, good. And then she re-engaged. Interesting. Now, logistically, where were you? Were you in the case, room? Yeah. No, I was actually on the phone, but um, I can make okay. myself known on the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, no, I wasn't sure. And uh, you do Zoom as well or video? Yes, that one happened to be a video phone call. So I wasn't yeah, physically, I but I could see the doctor literally lean back and turn away from the, uh, the, the patient, my client. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you know, you know, so often I tell people and people tell me, family members, and we tell each other because when you're a patient, you forget often what's involved, but you should always go to an appointment with someone else if it's really important. Cause you know, as the patient, you're, you're, you're often almost removed and, you know, you, you don't follow and you certainly can't remember. So it's really good to have someone there as an advocate. And I couldn't think of a better advocate as someone like yourself who's trained, you know, as opposed to family members are fine, <laughs> you know, but uh, you, you know, the, uh, the questions to ask, which is really, it's wonderful. And in this case, his wife was there and they're both smart, intelligent professionals. But just because you're a smart, intelligent person, there's no way you're going to know the subtext. And when I first started doing this, I thought I was just going to be doing what we call medical literacy, just explaining conditions well, it turns out a lot of the translation that I do is really about the subtext. So let me give you another example. If your mother, father, loved one is in the hospital and the doctor approaches you and says, what's their code status? So code status means, you know, is this person a do not resuscitate? You know, if the heart stops, do you want oh, to stop? oh, okay. you pump on it? Or, you know, I've never heard it called that. And I hear that all the time that in other words, yeah. Yeah. They might ask the word, is your loved one a DNR? You know, there's diff different exactly. ways. The question is there a DNR? Asked. That's the big, that's what the term we I've heard. But, but if a doctor approaches you and says, is your loved one a DNR? There's a huge subtext to that question. The subtext is, I'm worried your loved one is about to code or they're in risk of passing away soon. And I want to know whether I should be getting the code cart ready. And many people hearing that question would just say, oh yeah, here's what his status is. And I use that as an easy to understand example, you know, a common example of subtext. The doctor in some ways is asking, is this person ready to die? 
Yeah. Now, what did you mean code card? Code cart. Code so, cart. Mm. So if somebody needs to be resuscitated, we have a whole cart of drugs yeah. and equipment that we bring to the bedside. I, I understand. Wow. Yeah, I mean, these conversations are interesting. It brings me back to the many times I've been, you know, whether it's been with family members or unfortunately, it's often with clients. And uh, it's really critical to have the last time I did this with a client, I was actually with a doctor. And um, it was an interesting, an interesting exchange, you know, and uh, that's, again, why I think what you have to offer is so valuable. It's really valuable. Um, uh, was there uh, any particular event that you decided to to that like precipitated your decision to make the move to uh, working with individuals? Well, I think it was a combination of a few things. Personally, for me, it was the pandemic. I was down in Florida. I had come up for the summer, so summer of twenty twenty one. 2020, I'm losing track of the years, 2020. And my elderly mother was not doing well. Uh, she was up here in New York and she was very isolated and that was really pulling on my, on my heart. And in the fall, I had somebody call me, who, became, who the person who became my very first client through a friend of a friend, they called me and this was a, a man whose wife had been become a quadriplegic and then she was on a became on a ventilator and she'd gone through rehab and now she was in a nursing home and this poor man was absolutely besides himself and when I got and this is a grown man you know and he's on the phone and he's choking back tears and he says to me they're killing my wife yeah. can you help me and of course I had to help him. And I ended up getting involved and, you know, he had me look at medical records and I ended up talking to some personnel there. And it became clear to me that the medical care was substandard. And he was right. If nothing had changed, she would die. And we ended up getting her out of there. And eventually we got her home on a ventilator. Wow. And you know, she did eventually pass away, but she had several really good months at home. And I found that experience just so gratifying because I made such a difference. My presence in their, in their life, the husband and the wife made such a difference that I realized I need to get back to helping people. Cutting budgets is yeah. not... Fun. It's much better to bring meaning to be available for my mother and to get back to helping people. And I knew that as a rehabilitation physician and a person who'd done leadership, that I had this unusual skill set of both understanding the finances and the economic drivers and the medicine behind how people recover after illness or injury. And I thought, I've got this skill set. I should do something good with it. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, as you said that, I realized the common denominator to uh, oh, absolutely most of the guests on this on, on my podcast is that 
they want to help people. You know, they, yep. you know, we're, we're in business to make money, but we choose what we do based on other considerations. And it's certainly to help people. And that's why I, I love what I do, you know, because I, I know I make a difference in people's lives. And, uh, and you know, so I don't well, see you great. as a corporate corporate person, but oh, I did a different for, lifetime. I did it for a long time. And as I've gotten older, Peter, something that, that I've started saying when people talk about, you know, this decision to leap out of employment that I'd had for my whole life, is that if you're really lucky, you find something that you have a passion for, that you love to do, that you're also good at, and you can get paid for it. And yeah. when those three things line up, you got to do it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, that's that's kind of where I am in my my career and in, and in my life. Um, I feel really fortunate about that. Um, could you give another example of something that really changed, you know, the, 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 um, because of your work as um, my MD advisor? By the way, that's the name of your company, my MD advisor. It is. So another another example was I had a client whose wife was in a rehabilitation facility um, who would just scream. Um, all day long, she would scream, help me, help me, help me. Uh, and the poor woman was just suffering. And he, you know, she would calm down when he was there and he could usually bring her back and redirect her. But then she often screamed at other times. And I ended up reviewing her medications and making, you know, I'm not her doctor, but making suggestions to the doctor on some medications that could have been triggering the delirium. I ended up making some suggestions about sleep and sleep interruptions and a whole variety of things. And her delirium cleared. Wow. And she had been screaming, help me, help me, help me for weeks to months prior to my getting involved. And the husband said to me, he said, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for getting my wife back. That's amazing. That's wonderful. And, you, you know, it's not unusual to hear those type of outbursts when you go into a hospital. And I'm always curious about that, you know. And I, I guess the, the, the beauty of it is that, you know, if somebody's able to hire you, you can spend the time with a client as opposed to the doctor who's, next, who's in a hospital. But I, it's, I imagine what the work you do is not limited to hospitals. No, it, it's not limited to hospitals. And, you know, just keeping in mind, I'm never their doctor. I'm just using the clinical knowledge that I have to either directly or through the client make some suggestions for the doctor to think, you know, to help the doctor consider other options. And the vast majority of the time, the doctors are very receptive to something boiled down to oh, here's, here's an option because they don't have the time. And it's one of the reasons why doctors are so burned out and frustrated is that they want to help people. People go into medicine to do good things. But when you're, you've got in an outpatient setting, 10 minutes per patient or in the hospital, your first day on and you could have 20 plus patients as a hospitalist, it's impossible 
to know everything about each patient. And so to answer your question, uh, yes, I, I help people often in hospitals or rehabs or assisted livings, but of course, I certainly help people in the community as well. Right, right. Um, is, is there any, like, who should call you? You know, how would that work? Who would hire you? People tend to hire me when they have this feeling of being overwhelmed or frustrated with medical care. If something is straightforward, you and your doctor have excellent communication, you only have a couple of doctors, you don't need me. But when it's complicated, um, and that's part of why people often hire me in the hospital, because you may have these days, unfortunately, yeah. the doc of the day or the nurse of the day, and you need somebody who can really know all the specifics, see the patterns, and cut to the chase in helping identify which things matter and which things don't. So it really comes down to people that feel frustrated and overwhelmed and recognize that they need professional help. And I don't mean to make it sound glib, but no. that's what I offer is, is help out of the fog, uh, reduction of the suffering that families go through when they're overwhelmed by the, a medical situation. Yeah, um, it's interesting because it reminded me of something you helped me with that you, I, I had a feeling you wouldn't remember. Uh, we were just yeah. talking, I, uh, I went through two surgeries this year, one with my cervical spine and then with my lumbar. And I don't know, I was like six weeks out of my second surgery and we were talking about it and I was frustrated and you were like, it takes... I think you said 18 to 24 months to heal from a surgery like that, or maybe it was 12 to 18 months. I don't months. even remember what I said, but I'm glad yeah. whatever it was was helpful. It was very, well, I have to be constantly reminded of that because I keep on pushing myself. But yeah, no, it's, um, it's so helpful to get knowledgeable, you know, feedback from, from others, you know, and, um, uh, I mean, I, I think your service is wonderful. And, and as I mentioned, you know, I, <clears throat> I bring it up to people all the time. Um, just you could bring a horse to water, you know, <laughs> and, and see what goes from there. But uh, thank you so much, uh, Gerda. That was wonderful. Um, My pleasure, Peter. And, and, uh, and take notice of it. Your, your information will be at the, you know, um, uh, you know, in the in the details in the YouTube uh, video as well as on the uh, podcast um, screens and um, and uh, and that's it. So uh, thanks very much, Eva. Oh, I'm Remember? sorry. I was just going to say, if somebody isn't sure if they need my services, I'd rather they just gave me a call. I don't charge for an initial call. And sometimes they just need something simple. Like it sounds like you just needed some simple advice. Absolutely. And that's why there's no charge for something like that. But if it's more complicated, then we get in a business relationship. Right. Well, and then, and then I know I kind of have the same thing. I, I don't really charge people for a quote unquote consultation, you know, and I think for um, what I tell people is also I'm an expert at what I do, but the great thing is, is I know all the experts elsewhere, you know, within the world of senior care, which is why I want people to talk to me so I could refer them to people like yourself exactly. and other experts I know from this. And, exactly. and that's critical. That's really critical. 
Um, well, thank you. And and I do hope you're feeling better and that you're, you're a little bit every day. That's, you know, right. I, that's not, it's, that's not the purpose of this podcast <laughs> is to talk about my issues, but, um, it takes work, you know, and an aging body is very different than what uh, I, I, I'm trying to move as much as I can every day. And that makes a big difference. Well, it will. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Gerda. Have My a pleasure. very wonderful holiday. You as and, well. Thank you for having everyone. me, Peter. I wish you the best My holiday pleasure. possible. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>